This is the Resilient Disciples Podcast, powered by Awana. I'm your host, Ross Cochran. Thank you for listening. We've talked about resilient child discipleship every week on this podcast. And today, I want to talk to you about something new from Awana that I believe can help you no matter what your context is and the kids in your ministry. You may have heard us reference it, but in July, Awana is releasing a new digital weekend curriculum called Bright. This curriculum is built on the resilient child discipleship philosophy, and it's built to partner with you no matter what your ministry looks like. So we're going to have two conversations all about Bright today on why it was created. And on our next full episode, we'll focus on the practical and what goes into Bright. Now, I fully recognize not all of you who listen to this are leading a children's ministry right now, but I want you to listen to both of these conversations. You are obviously someone who cares about kids and the future of the faith. And after 47 episodes all about the future of the faith, we're going to talk today about something we see as a resource to help communities like yours make resilient disciples. This is a two-part conversation, starting with Matt Markins and I talking about why Awana decided to create a digital weekend curriculum in the first place, and then we'll shift to Kristen Thompson and Kirsten Hitchcock, who are the chief architects of Bright. This conversation starts with Matt setting the scene about this moment we are in as a children's ministry community. This is episode 48 of the Resilient Disciples podcast. So for those of us who work in and for the local church or perhaps a high capacity volunteer, uh, you know, we, we, when we hear about curriculum or a new program, we immediately, you know, we get, we can get way down in the weeds really, really quickly. So let's take the conversation up super high, uh, 30,000, 50,000 feet just for a moment. So, uh, for about the last decade, uh, there has been something changing and shifting around us and we when we travel whether it's at conferences or workshops events etc we hear we hear this all the time in in the last couple of years uh we've gotten better at putting our finger on what exactly this is and, and some someone who really helped us significantly is a guy named ed stetzer a missiologist researcher church planter etc Ed, Ed published a book in 2018, uh, Christians in the Age of Outrage. And in this book, he gives an image of the past, the present, and the future. And how in the past, Christians kind of stuck together, uh, congregational Christians, cultural Christians, and convictional Christians. Uh, congregational Christians meaning people who are affiliated with the church. Congregational meaning people who go a few times a year. Convictional Christians, these are Orthodox uh, the Apostles' Creed. We believe in the Bible and Jesus is center of our lives. Uh, how in the past we kind of stuck together, but in the present, what's happening is there's a separation where cultural Christians and in congregational Christians are joining secular culture in their thinking, uh, and convictional Christians are kind of being. Uh, kind of edged out, kind of marginalized by secular culture, by the cultural divide. And in the future, Ross, what we see is uh, convictional Christians are, could very well be standing alone, seeking to be marginalized and perhaps even sought to be silenced. So when we saw this, uh, we began taking this image with us to conferences and other meetings, and people said, yes, 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 yes. That's exactly what we're seeing. It's what we're experiencing. It's what's going on in our world. And, and, it, and if this is the case, if this is our reality, present and future, 
then as we think about children's ministry, a, a logical question is, well, are we preparing today's kids to live in that future, to thrive in that future, to, to engage the culture, to lead the church in a, in a secular culture where the church is being marginalized? And in many people, child influencers, when they're asked that question, there's a bit of a, huh, you know, <laughs> like, like, I don't, I don't think we are. I don't think we're preparing them for that. So, so I think what's happened, Ross, is the landscape has changed. The yeah. landscape of the culture around us has changed so rapidly in the last decade that we realize we've got to have new questions, we, new conversations, ask new questions to help shift the church as it thinks about children's ministry and child discipleship to prepare these kids for their future. For folks who maybe are just discovering Awana with this conversation around resilient child discipleship and with this conversation around Bright, what do you feel like we've learned? You know, I know you weren't around for all 70 years. What do you feel like we've learned that we've been in club that we've been able to apply to Bright? What we what we've learned is that there there are methods and tactics within Awana clubs that have been very successful. And some of those may or may not, not from our perspective, from the local church's perspective, some clubs may choose to use some of those methods in the future. They may not. Like, for example, uh, some churches are still doing uh, jewels and awards. Some churches are not, that's not as important to them as they once were. But what we've learned is that as important as those tactics are, and the methods, what's even more important is what's underneath those. What what are what's the purpose and the philosophy underneath an Awana club? If we could somehow uh, dissect an Awana club, like what's behind this, right? And what's behind it is a robust ministry philosophy that we see Jesus engaging in in the Gospels, and we call that uh, resilient discipleship. But what's what's within that? We call that belong, believe, become. So belong is highly relational. Believe is deeply scriptural and become is truly experiential. When we look at the, the life and ministry of Jesus, we see belonging, this highly relational piece. He just loved people and he was always engaging the sinners and the saints. And then we see this believing piece where it's the scripture. He makes the scripture come alive as he, as he shares the, the, he's taking the Old Testament scrolls. He's, he's, he's trying to say that this, I am God in the flesh. This is the gospel. And so that's the believing component and this, this becoming, this living it out, this experiential component uh, and commissioning uh, the disciples and those around him into the work of the ministry and showing them how to do it experientially. Uh, that, that's discipleship. And I think that's what we've learned is that there's a lot of activities in Awana Club, a lot of tactics, a lot of moving parts. But if we could say, what's going to go into the future? It are the, it's these three components when together belonging, believing, becoming, that's what influences long-term discipleship. It's not just found in the Gospels. It's also found in research and story after story in people's lives. Amen. I feel like you've probably begun to have to answer this question a lot. Uh, what is Bright? How would you begin to describe this to someone who this is their first time hearing about this new digital curriculum from us? So my wife and I have volunteered in children's ministry for over 20 years. And I know there's people who have probably volunteered 40, 50 years. But uh, <laughs> my point is, when you volunteer that long, you get pretty familiar with the curriculum that's out there because you've used so much of it. And we've used curriculum that is like Bible lights where you're like, where? <laughs> I'm looking for the Bible. You know? <laughs> and then we use curriculum that's Bible 
you know, saturated, but it's also cumbersome and difficult to use. So here's what you need to know about Bright right away. Bright is biblically sound, centered on the gospel, and easy to implement. That was important to us from the beginning. We architected Bright around that. Number one, because we're practitioners, we, we know kind of what to aim for, but also we listen. We did a, a good amount of research on the front end listening, like what's important, what's effective at reaching discipling kids. So biblically sound, centered on the gospel, easy to implement. So let's, let's unpack that just a little bit. So biblically sound, I mean, one of the research products we did in 2014 just underscores what we already know, which is what, what do you in the children's ministry community find to be like the chief, like what's most important. And one of the top things that the children's ministry community told us was like, kids need to know the Bible. Like ultimately we're trying to lead them to Jesus and the Bible is obviously a huge piece of leading children to Christ. And so Bible teaching and, and Bible knowledge is still important. And we, we, uh, we obviously want to, that's, that's our legacy. That's our history. And so this, uh, this curriculum is, is, is certainly biblically sound and we're trying to help lead kids to Jesus Christ. So it, therefore it is centered on the gospel. As your kids are going through bright, the kids in your church, they're going to go through the Bible every year, three times for three years in a row. It's a three year scope and sequence. So year one, they're going to go through the Bible year two. They're going to go through the Bible a second time and they're going to get different portions of the scripture that second year and different portions that third year. So by the time, they've hung with this for three years. They've had three journeys through the scripture, picking up different portions and reinforcing certain elements that are, are pretty crisp, uh, pretty critical to the gospel story. So they're going to see the gospel through that biblical journey. And thirdly, it's easy to implement. You know, when the cookie, the cookies don't always need to be on the bottom shelf in life, but when they need to be on the bottom shelf, let's put them on the bottom shelf. Like, yeah. like don't make it difficult for me to implement and facilitate something that should be pretty natural, right? In relation, we want the relationship factor. We want the teaching, guiding, facilitating, worshiping. We want all of that to come off as smoothly as possible because you're doing the most important work. So we've worked with churches. We've, we've tested this. Uh, we ourselves are practitioners. So we built it with that in mind. I'm just telling you, the technology is super super easy, super simple. Uh, when you're, when you're preparing for this lesson, it's, it's just, everything's going to fall uh, right into place because everything is designed with practitioners in mind. So, um, those are probably three things that are just really critical kind of right up front. Why is having a curriculum that is easy to use? How does that influence it also being effective in discipleship? When you have a group of kids in the room, whether it's, you know, 10 or 12, 15 kids in a small group, or whether it's, you know, 35 to hundred kids or more in a large group, uh, you want this curriculum to help you to facilitate the intention of that and the design of that environment. So if we're in a small group, you don't need to be staring down at your pages or your, your screen. If, if the intention of that small group is, is engagement, if it's eye contact and, and critical conversation or, or even just fun conversation, right? So we've designed Bright to help you to facilitate the, what you're trying to accomplish in that, in that moment. I mean, let's be honest, kids can smell fear. Like when there's <laughs> blood in the water, they, they know it, you know? So if, if you know that one of your chief objectives is, is highly relational belonging, because that, those kids are going to go out of that small group, they're going to leave church, and we don't know what kind of relationships they have in their home and in their community 
but but you know that your your role in helping them feel like they belong as a relational advocate on behalf of Christ in their life that's hugely important so so if relationships is a big part of discipleship let the curriculum help facilitate relationship right when you're when you're engaging asking questions we're going to toss up those key questions for you kids are ready for dialogue they're ready for the the type of engagement uh, that I think Bright can help bring them. So when it is time for that Bible lesson, it is time for uh, some Bible teaching, we've really helped you prepare that room and prepare that environment uh, with, with how we've set up uh, the structure, uh, the lesson, how it, how it flows to the technology. So there's a lot that this curriculum is doing to help you facilitate relationships, facilitate dialogue and discussion around topics that really matter and kids are interested in so you can get to some really good Bible teaching and through the mashup of all that, uh, we believe they're going to see Jesus. Amen. Because one of the things that stands out to me as unique about Awana is it's really created a community. There are people who are deeply invested in churches across the country or across the world because of this shared experience of being connected to an organization like this. When someone is using Bright, are they also going to get the same kind of community feel um, as the person who's been using Club? Uh, if, you, if your church subscribing to Bright, you've just joined a community of disciple makers. As we think about this increasingly secular culture, which again, is, it's pretty clear that secular cultures, in there, we have an evil one behind all of that, right? Who's trying to nudge the church to the side, even silence the church. And I think as we continue to experience that in our culture, um, we need to continue to lean in to one another uh, and, and to not lean away, right? So we need each other. Uh, and, and if the world appears to get dark, let's look to each other to encourage one another as, as fellow disciple makers to say, let's keep going because kids matter and the future of the church matters. When you look at Bright, what makes it different to you than some of the other curriculums that are out there. So our, te our team has been saying, if our kids walk out of church knowing more about ancient Babylon, but not knowing how to navigate the new digital Babylon, then we've not, when we failed them, we've not completely prepared them for the world that they live in today. So certainly Bible knowledge and, and, and Bible literacy is hugely important to one. It's, it's certainly our legacy. It's also our future, but it's not the singular piece. It's helping come alongside these kids relationally and giving them these experiences. So, so the difference is uh, there's a lot of great Bible curriculums out there. I mean, there are loads of Bible curriculums on the market. What makes this, what makes Bright distinct is it is Bible curriculum, but it's so much more than that. It's disciple making. We want to put love, we want to train your leaders and volunteers and the curriculum does that. Train your leaders and volunteers in your church to be child disciple makers. Are they going to learn the scriptures? Oh, you bet they are, but they're going to be in, in the presence of a loving, caring adult who's getting a weekly podcast, who's getting videos to help prepare them to, to love these kids and to be that child champion and that advocate uh, that's helping that child navigate an increasingly secular culture. That's what's different about uh, Bright. Thanks to Matt for the time and thank you for listening. We're going to shift in this conversation to Kirsten Hitchcock and Kristen Thompson. These two women are leaders within Awana as well as in the children's ministry community more broadly. We've also started calling them the chief architects of Bright. 
What you're going to hear from them is going to be similar to what you heard from Matt. We're still talking about why we made this curriculum, but these two expert practitioners are going to begin to unpack these four pillars of right being easy to use, effective in discipleship, biblically sound and engaging for kids and help you begin to understand why that's so important and what that could look like in your context. But I do want to throw in here that if you are listening to this and you think Bright may be beneficial to you and your community, go to resilientdisciples.com slash curriculum. You can learn all about Bright there and you can download a free four-week sample. We would love for you to experience Bright within your own context. We started the conversation with Kristen talking about the research and the listening posture that they took as they began to make Bright. Thanks for listening. One of the things that uh, you know was really key to our mission in this was to create a great tool for discipleship. You know, that was really like the end goal is this resilient discipleship for mm-hmm. children and what kind of a tool would best do that and where were people finding the pain points in what currently existed or um, the way their ministries were set up. We did, we did a few research projects in addition to doing some curriculum analysis and also really like best practice of what mm-hmm. is in a curriculum. Um, right. And each of those things had specific kind of pieces of the puzzle that led to what we created when we made Bright. When we look at where the world is now and where it was even a year ago, uh, we still see these massive shifts regarding uh, where people are socially, technologically, and economically, and where churches are, and what that means about how, how we need to create a tool to effectively reach kids socially big factor in that was kids are only coming to church 1.7 times a month. So you can't have something that uh, isn't taking that into account that you can't have a part one and a part two of a, uh, a lesson or a story and feel like you have a really give or you're giving a kids a, per, a cohesive whole because half right. the kids, we were there for part one, weren't there for part two. Um, so that was one of the things socially that um, led to that. And just this uh, lack of churchiness generally that you see in kids right now. Um, you know, we could, again, be sad about that, but we also just need to recognize that kids are not at the place of maybe biblical literacy that they were. So knowing what the Bible is, knowing that it has two parts, knowing that, you know, God gave it to us for certain purposes um, were things we realized we couldn't assume those things that kids were coming with that. Um, what is the gospel? Like what it, what actually does it mean to be a Christian? So all of those things were part of this research process process. Okay. Socially and technologically. Okay. We knew, we know we needed to be digital. We knew it needed to be versatile and we knew it needed to be something that people could easily access and download um, and it, that needed to include media, um, technology in the place now where people are done fighting about screens for the most part, uh, that screens are a tool that can be utilized in church as well as other places um, for kids. So those were some big factors. And then economically, um, 
we knew it needed to be, it needed to be affordable, but we knew it also needed to be extremely high quality, um, mm -hmm. to meet what people feel like they want to use and invest in. And, um, we also knew that, uh, churches are in a position now too with uh, the way that they are able to keep people on in different ministry positions that it's a little tighter. People's time is really strapped that they have to prepare um, if they're a children's ministry director, prepare for their leaders what they have and they have a lot of priorities. So we wanted to create something that uh, didn't take up too much time in adapting what was currently there for their church and also uh, felt like it was uh, a good bang for their buck. Right. So, I mean, we, we needed to do an overview of what was out there and to understand what was being provided for churches. And so what we used was a curriculum evaluation tool that covered many different areas. It was very extensive um, and it covered things like, okay, um, is it faithful? So is it faithful to what the, what the Bible is? So is it biblically sound? Um, what does it tell us theologically, biblically? What does it tell us um, about we as his people? Um, you know, what is its use? What was the curriculum's use of media? What was the curriculum's use of art? Um, curriculum's use of language, of engagement with leaders, of engagement with kids, um, of spiritual practices with kids um, doesn't even talk about that. Um, so looking at all those different areas, there were several more areas we looked into, but to understand, okay, well then when you break that down, um, what is true of it? Um, you know, does it, does it tell the child that, um, that the Bible is 100% true? That's the word of God. Does it talk about, you know, that Jesus is the son of God, like who Jesus is? Does it present the gospel, um, on a monthly or weekly basis? Does it do it at all? Um, looking at all these different aspects, because we, we knew um, what we wanted to do, which was how can we help kids engage with scripture? Because we truly believe that kids need to know the Bible. And just to Kristen's point of, you know, biblical literacy is not where it was 10 years ago, definitely not 30 years ago. So how do we ensure that we keep that at the forefront of our mind? Um, also in our approach to how we, how we write curriculum, we wanted to make, sh make sure that um, we, we kept that overarching focus there, that purpose of we want kids to know the Bible. So what are all the aspects of what do they need to know and how do we make it engaging so that we can ensure that kids are getting exactly what they need. Um, Within that process, we had uh, we worked with an outside group called Five by Five um, to do research and focus groups with children's pastors to find out, you know, what are they using? Um, what what do they want to focus on? What is most important to them as children's practitioners, as children's pastors? Um, and we found out in those groups, and Kristen can jump in on this as well, uh, what we found out in those focus groups were, you know, they needed something that um, gave them the Bible, truly gave them the Bible. Right. And also was helping kit like was in getting kids engrossed, like they just couldn't, you know, they couldn't turn away because they were so interested. And what they were saying in these focus groups was they had a hard time finding a curriculum that did both. It was either it was heavily um, theological and biblically sound, but was so either 
too, was too much talking head at the kids and that the kids weren't like, they're like, okay, you're just talking to me for 30 minutes about something that is important, but you're not relating it to me well, or swung the other way, which it was kids loved it. They had so much fun, but they would have to supplement so much with scripture to try and make it more balanced. Yeah. So what they, what they were saying in these focus groups were, we need something that's both. We need something that's both. We need something that our leaders can understand that it's helping the leader disciple the child and vice versa. When you guys built this thing, it started with you asking the community, right? You weren't going, oh, here's what the community needs. And I think, especially in this Kidman space, there's a lot of that, right? Like there's a lot of prescriptive rather than starting with a listening posture. Yeah, we, I mean, we wanted to use empathy and curiosity to lead to the best um, the best product that we could make. And so we did do a lot of listening in these focus groups. You know, we wanted to help, um, help people with the needs that they had. And, um, so we asked a lot of questions about success as well. Like how do you measure success in your children's ministry? And, um, even specifically with discipleship, uh, where have you, where have you seen success? Um, what's working, what's not, uh, what do you love about what you're currently using? Um, where are some of the pain points in what you like have to adapt and things like that? So Kirsten talked about a lot of that and, you know, really what it came down to was uh, these four things that Bright is really built around. And that's uh, that Bright, we knew that Bright needed to be uh, biblically sound, as Kirsten talked about, it needed to be engaging for kids. So actually truly for them to learn they needed to be uh in an experience that uh mattered to them and that was interesting to them and that carried with them after they were um done carried into their week uh and then effective at discipleship again carried into their week not only in that they remembered it but that it actually helped grow them um, as believers to have gone through a lesson of Bright and to be part of uh, what this curriculum was built around and that we were enabling the children's ministry to to have effective discipleship and then also that it's easy to use, which is of course the less spiritual of all of those, but nevertheless very important because we all know if you have something that's not easy to use or navigate, um, it's actually really painful to uh, accomplish what it's meant to accomplish. And so that was one of the, the last areas that we spent a lot of time figuring out what that would look like then. Yeah. Well, let's, let's sort of go through those one by one because I think it's going to be helpful for people and like the good church kids that we are, let's start with the Bible. So when you guys describe bright as biblically sound, um, what do you mean by that? When we mean biblically sound and the reason Kidman is saying that it's, there's like this assumption out there that um, adults are the ones that need the Bible. (laughs) There's just this, it's weird. Um, It's like, Oh, we just wait till they're older. And it's like, no, let's, we need to we need to be forming them into Christ followers when they're young, and we need to be doing that through God's word, not through, um, not not from a from a non connected standpoint. So it needs to be directly interlinked with Bible and 
fun or Bible and um, engaging activities. And it needs to, kids need to use all their senses. I believe adults also need to do that too. But we understand that kids, as they're learning, um, they need it to, we need to be coming at it from different angles. But the central focus is what does scripture say about this? And what does, what is God teaching us through his word? And that's, that was, that would be the primary reason we wanted to create Bright was we wanted that to be true of who we know we are as an organization and who we know as, who we know we are as Christ followers is that that's what we, we want for our own kids. Totally. Um, so yeah, and for Kidman, Kidman, kids ministry, they, they're all saying that they're all saying like, please stop making me supplement fun or the Bible. I want both. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Both. I think specifically like tangibly, what does it look like to be biblically sound? Um, we realized that for leaders, it was really important to them to give kids um, a walk through the Bible in the order of the books in the Bible, like that there's a sense. So biblically sound, we needed to encourage biblical literacy. Like what are the books of the Bible? How is the Bible divided? What is the big picture of, of scripture? And then also that these stories were uh, provided in order. And that isn't, you know, again, for the kid coming 1.7 times a month, they are just going to get snapshots here and there. Um, But to get that sense of the Old Testament and the New Testament and feel like they experienced that was really important um, to leaders to have this cover to cover sense. And uh, we feel like it's also helpful to, uh, to kids as well. And um, so that was one of the things, and that is absolutely not revolutionary, right? Like there's so many curriculums <laughs> that go through the Bible in order. Um, and so we didn't do that though, just to keep that the way that it was or to follow anyone else's trend, but just to really give, um, give leaders and kids a sense of accomplishment to, Hey, we went through the Bible this year. And so that's how bright is built is that it goes through the Bible Genesis to revelation every year. It focuses on, uh, these stories from scripture and we, uh, tackle 12 kind of segments or units within that time that take you through the Bible. But within those units in every year of bright, you're going to experience different stories. So like, the um, patriarchs. You're going to hear one year about a particular story with Abraham and a different year you'd hear hear different stories. So that was part of how we felt like it was important. Um, And then also uh, engaging with scripture for kids, we wanted to provide memory verses that whether or not kids are able to memorize a verse, we know changes from um, kid to kid, how how adept they are at doing that, but to expose them to scripture in a more uh, larger sense and also down to a granular, like here's a verse and we want you to hear it and understand why it's so cool and what it would be like to try to memorize it. And I think, like you said, it's not revolutionary to be like, we talk about the Bible and our children's curriculum, but again, the care that you all take to build the curriculum, build the lessons, starting at scripture, going throughout, highly encourage people. I'll link to it in the show notes, but we had a conversation with the authors of the Bible story handbook, uh, the Waltons who are great people. Um, and I know we're very instrumental in the crafting of these lessons because the other thing that we want to make sure we're doing in biblical sound to again, highlight what you said, Kirsten, um, Kirsten is 
the biblical literacy to not make any assumptions about what kids know or don't know about a Bible story. And, you know, Kristen, you alluded to this, but I think it would be helpful for people who have been listening to this, you know, this podcast week after week, um, which I found out is more people than just my mom, um, to better understand how, you know, you mentioned the believe experiences. And, you know, we've talked a lot about this resilient child discipleship philosophy. Like how does in the crafting, in the tactical and practical of right, how does that connect to some of what people have been listening to uh, each and every week? Yeah. So I think, you know, when right was created, one of our, one of the main parts about it was that it was meant to embody the resilient child discipleship philosophy um, of belonging, believing and becoming that this is, this is, the way that we can provide the best environment for kids to thrive as disciples of Jesus. And so we, when we built Bright, uh, you'll find in there that there are different experiences that are offered. There's belonging experiences, there's believing experiences and becoming experiences. And the idea is that um, hopefully the very least you can choose one of each, then depending on your schedule and the time that you have, you can choose more or less of those. But the, I mean, the analogy I like to give is that uh, the resilient child discipleship philosophy of belonging, believing and becoming is really like the rebar in the concrete of bright. Like you couldn't get it out if you tried to, it's, everything is built around it. And, um, that's something that we just believe really strongly in that, um, the best discipleship happens when those three things are at play. And so you throughout the curriculum, you see that in the wording and you also see it in, um, the leader encouragements and the way that we are providing as an approach for leaders to youth. The Resilient Disciples Podcast is powered by Awana. Awana is a global nonprofit organization dedicated to equipping leaders to reach kids with the gospel and engage them in lifelong discipleship. Awana is fueled by the generous support of individuals, churches, and organizations, as well as resource sales. Subscribe to the podcast today so you never miss an episode and go to resilientdisciples.com for more resources and many more of these conversations. The podcast is mixed, edited, produced, and hosted by me, Ross Cochran. Thanks to Kevin Orris and Phil Wallace for making the podcast happen. And thank you for listening. I'll talk to you next week.